No more mic checks. No more mic checks. Yo, 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 Listen, my name is V, and you are watching V Forever. Listen, this is episode 33. I'm not even wasting time. Let's go. It's Instagram at V Forever Network. We getting a couple followers. I got a couple followers. I got like 30, 29 followers, actually. 29 exactly. Everybody follow that thing. Follow that Instagram Follow my Twitter, Young V Forever. Young Y U N G V number four E V E R. And then V Forever Network, spelled just like the podcast, but with a network. All one word. Everybody follow this. Everybody subscribe on. I blinked out. Spotify. I know some of y'all got a problem with Spotify right now. Everybody subscribe on. Apple Podcast. We doing the YouTube thing pretty soon. Things are coming into development. And I'm going to give you guys, ladies and gentlemen, the proper thing that you deserve as the audience. And you're going to meet me halfway and give me what I deserve as the purveyor of such things you deserve. Listen, this so we're gonna you're gonna share, you're gonna you're gonna help me out so I can help y'all out pretty much. So can you meet me halfway? Riding them on I heard I heard that <laughs> I heard that song before this. You know how when you hate a song, like okay, I was letting my wife pick a song. She said I I said first I, it was like a, a pop quiz. What's your favorite black eyed peas song? I thought she was going to say boom, boom, boom. That's everybody's favorite Black Eyed Peas song. Got to get that boom, boom, boom. That boom, boom, boom. That boom, boom, boom. That boom, boom. See, I'll, I'll go on forever if you let me. <laughs> I will go on forever if you let me. Got to get that run, run, oh. That supersonic flow. That <laughs> we got to beat that 808. That boom, 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 pow. Shout out to Fergie, too. She hit that note. Reboot in the place. And shout out to Fergie too, cause that um that national anthem wasn't that bad. Like like there's been worse. There it was not that bad. There have been worse national anthems singing. Those basketball players ought to be ashamed of themselves laughing at the Duchess. At Fergalicious Definitious. <laughs> at Fergalicious Fergalicious Definitious. Wake make the boys go loco. That pot like Okay, so yeah, she said that. So she started playing that. Oh, what? Listen, I thought I hated that song until the beat dropped. I've been looking, looking, looking around the world. 
I'm looking for the girl, and I, I, I just, I just, I was like, oh, and then when the beat, when he starts going low, I've been, I've been looking for your girl, and around the world, I was like, oh, okay, okay, because I'm a little bit of a mark for the lower voice, like, I'm a little bit of a mark when it comes to that, when somebody does chopped and screwed style, that's, I'm a mark, I, like, I, I immediately like it, I'm a fan so, I, w- I found myself going, oh, wow, oh, wow, I just can't get better than this. Oh, wow, oh, wow, I want you so bad, it's my only wish. Listen, I <laughs> that pop bullshit, I know that a lot of people hate the Black Eyed Peas for being a hip-hop band and, like, not being real hip hop or whatever, but that pop bullshit that we all think is well, no, nobody really thinks it's whack anymore. But that used to be considered like whack is actually really good. Like the Spears, the the I know Eminem killed the hell out of and <laughs> Sync and the Backstreet Boys constantly. But honestly, come on, it it really wasn't that bad. Like, it really wasn't. It was more of a, I think that the only problem was, was that rapping so young and trying to, like, there was a real chip on your shoulder thing. Rap used to have a chip on its shoulder I don't that I don't think it has anymore, which greatly um, makes the genre lack sometimes. It used to have a chip on its shoulder and was so hungry to be the number one genre the rappers listening to that pop bullshit would be, and I'll always call it that pop bullshit. I'll always call it that because it's not real music. Like it's it's real music in the sense that somebody talented put like a interesting techno style beat with a real singer or somebody with vocals, um, vocal pitch modifiers, auto tunes, and this and that. And somebody that didn't really write their own music, but they're still making music. So it was still like a collaborative effort to make a project come to life, which can be appreciated, but it's soulless and it's like, it's bullshit. But sometimes it's not soulless. Sometimes you feel something when you're listening to that pop bullshit. Oh, whoa, whoa, caught in a bad romance. Like, sometimes you feel something when you hear that. Sometimes you feel something when you hear, hello from the other side. (laughs) When you listen to that bullshit, when you listen to the everybody, yeah, yeah, rock your body, yeah, yeah. It makes you feel like you're part of everybody and you should be rocking your body. <laughs> like, there's something about that pop bullshit that's actually really good. And I and I decided that I'm going to appreciate the pop bullshit. Because what? And, and, and that's what I'm saying. That Meet Me Halfway song, it's pop bullshit. But it's so good. It's, just, it's so good. Like, like, there's, okay, what's another pop bullshit ass song? Easily, um... What? 
Do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind, running and starting again? You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. And just hold the night like the Fourth of July, 'cause baby you're a firework. See that? That's that pop bullshit. But you feel something when you hear it. You really you feel like a firework when she says, "Do you feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind?" You sometimes you you think back to when you felt like a plastic bag because they're pulling in like emotions that everybody. Well, I don't know if anybody really feels like a plastic bag. <laughs> I feel like a like you ask somebody, "How's it going, bro?" Man, I ain't about to lie to you, bro. I feel like a fucking plastic bag floating in the wind, wanting to start again. What do you say to your friend who says that? I know that uh, men have this thing about sharing mental health that's like, it's a thing that doesn't happen enough. Like, how's it going, man? I feel like a fucking plastic bag. What would you say to your bro? Other than, bro, you're so not a plastic bag. <laughs> bro, you're so not a fucking bag. You're a human. Bro, you're such a good person that the fact that you think you're a plastic bag worries me. Like, like, what do you really say to your friend who says that? If somebody really admits to you they feel that way. And then, like, if a girl says that to you, how do you... <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, how do you finesse into that? How do you, how do you, because a lot of people, okay, a lot of people's bag is the emotional bag. That's how they get the girl. They get the girl through, uh, you know, through like getting deep with her. Like, tell me very personal things so that we feel connected so that I can smash and leave. Like, that's a crazy, that's crazy, but it is a thing. Like, get me, like. If, and then if that girl tells you one day, I feel like a plastic bag, and you're so close to hitting. I'm talking to dirt bags only, y'all. I'm talking to the dirt bags out there, the real villains, all my real villains. I'm talking to my villains right now. Because remember, at the end of the day, I'm very nice and very evil. Call me Dan Housen. Y'all know Dan Housen. Look up Dan Housen. L listen, y'all. Look up Dan Housen. If y'all like wrestling, look up Dan Housen. Dan Housen, like a, like a spell it the German way, not housing. Um, very nice and very evil. Yes, I am. So all my dirt bags. If you, if you're you're this close, bro, you're you're a you're a hair and a jump scotch away from uh, hitting it. Finally, you played the emotional bag. She thinks you're very close to her and considers you very. Uh, intimate and close and safe and you're you're like oh yeah it's time it's almost time and she just hits you say it's nighttime and you're saying like all right um good night uh and like or like how was your day at work and she she hits you up with um <laughs> oh my god anyway i <laughs> I, uh, she hits you up. I'm sorry, I got a text. 
because I okay, well, I'll go into why I was just uh, looking at that. But she sends you that text back. Um, I felt like a plastic bag floating in the wind, wanting to start again all day today. How do you maneuver yourself into that one? Because you knew she had some emotional baggage going on because it's been like a month. You've been playing the the emotional game, kind of playing through her emotions to hit it. So, what is the first thing you say? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one thing, and then y'all just y'all kind of come up with your own scenarios after I do. If she gives you that plastic bag, <laughs> if she gives you the I felt like a plastic bag floating in the wind, wanting to start again. Say just say. Uh, I would go with, and this is so bad, and so don't even take this realistic, and if you're a villain right now who is going through this right now, and for some reason they send you this message, I would say, well, let me, <laughs> ugh, this is so bad, I don't even want to say it, let me carry you, <laughs> she's, a, she's a plastic bag, well, let, <laughs> let me carry let me carry you lean on me like some sort of like some sort of extra like add some more dependency this is like evil shit we're talking because she's going through a crisis right now and you need to say the right thing to make her feel like you care and just let you hit kind of thing so this is to the villains obviously this is to all the villains <laughs> so when you hear me saying this this is just to the villains i'm talking to uh I feel like you would have to go the carry route. I think that that's the only way you should go. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I I wish I had a co-host on this one. Like, where do you go with that? Like, I think you have to go the carry route. Say so, cause a plastic bag. Uh, you want to be her emotional support, and you carry bags. So you have to like say. Uh, I think I feel like you have to. You don't want to straight deny because there's like no value in telling her. Okay, there's value. <laughs> oh, and and, and to, this is obviously to the villains because there's no value in just saying you're not a plastic bag. You're so a human and you're worthy. There's no value in saying that. So I think that you you want to play into that. I think you want to play into that because I think it I think it adds some sort of comedy element. So it's like like uh, not necessarily admit that she's a plastic bag. Um, just, I feel like you have to say some sort of let me carry you so the wind doesn't take you or like something like that. Like something, something to, to illustrate that. Yeah, no, that's corny as shit. What I'm saying in a way, cause it is a little cringy to say that. So, but you have to, you have to work with that. I wouldn't say exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like you have to work with around that, like some sort of bag reference being her support system carry the bag maybe but you you, you what you don't want to say is let me <laughs> because a bag can't float in the wind if you if you fill up the bag you don't want to say anything about filling up the bag <laughs> you don't you know and then you don't want to be you don't want to say anything about bagging either like the it's a you're in a weird predicament so all to all my villains out there uh how would you go around that one that's what i'm saying how what is what is the best way to go through that text because I, I think that saying that 
like denying that there are plastic bag floating in the wind has no value. Like it's the, I guess you might get a, Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> or, Oh, thanks. But I feel like you need to do a little bit more there. Like that's a test almost. That's a little bit of a test of your will or your wit. Like how, how can you twist this? to uh, somehow bring it into a sexual context even. <laughs> like That's why I'm talking to my villains because all of my villains, oh, we, we, they only want one thing in this situation and you don't even feel bad for her feelings. That's, that's what's happening here. You don't really give a shit that she feels like shit. And she might be having a crisis, but to you, this is not really, uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that does not matter in your long game, so... It's almost like a bump in the road that you have to go around. So I don't think you go through and say, no, you're not. I think you have to go around it and give it a, you don't want to ignore it, but give it a reference, I think. So, uh, but that's enough relationship advice. And that, or that wasn't even advice, I guess. Where did I, I was talking about the pop bullshit and I came to this. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, firework. Whatever. Let's start the show, because <laughs> I wanted to talk about only two things today. I really only wanted to talk about two things today, because this is going to be a good episode, y'all. I had to release it a little late today, because I wanted to watch Jackass Forever. Like I said before, last episode, I watched all three of them. Felt good to watch. It really brought me back. Uh, it really brought me back to a great time like the like my my best friends at the time well i mean my best friends forever <laughs> i mean i mean one of my best friends forever who's still one of my best friends and i know there's like a thing where guys aren't supposed to say like what kind of guy has best friends i feel like that's bullshit we can have whatever the fuck we want bitch i can say whatever i want too so suck my ass but uh I, it really brought some good memories, man, because uh, there's something about watching that new Jackass that felt so good. It has, it's it's like new Jackasses now. It has the, it has the, um, it has everybody but Bam, of course, because fucking Bam, you know, Bam, and uh, <laughs> fucking so Bam, bruh, but uh, it has everybody but Bam. But it felt it feels so good to see the old band again, kind of thing, and like they're using new guys because they're older. So it's like we can't do all this, even though Johnny did do a crazy one. I'm not gonna say a lot of the things. All I'll say because I want y'all to watch it too. So all I'll say is that there, this one was probably my favorite one. It was up there with all of them, and it was like. It had Tyler, the creator. It had uh, Jasper, even though, I mean, is he worth mentioning? It showed Tony Hawk at a point. I wish there was more Tony Hawk because he was in the first one doing the fat suit uh, ramp challenge. Or not the ramp, but the half pipe. I didn't miss Bam. You, th you would think you'd miss Bam, but I think that Bam, the only way that Bam... And I don't know if his parents are even alive. Like, I don't know. I think they are. But I think just Don Vito was dead. 
I, I the only way that Bam being in this movie would have been a good thing is if he was clean. He looked good. Like everybody else looked good. Everybody else looked fine. They were all late forties, early fifties, but they all look fine. Bam looks like a hot plate of shit, though. And I think that that's the only the only way it would have been good to see Bam is just to see if he's gonna do pranks on his parents, like just to see that Bam's like good. That would be the only good thing to see of of Bam. But he's not there right now, I guess. And it was so good. It was so good to see Steve-O. Steve-O was Steve-O-ing. <laughs> Aaron was Aaroning. Fucking Pontius, man. Chris Pontius. He is a psychopath. Everybody was doing... It, it was all on some crazy shit. It just reminded me of the shit. No, it didn't remind me of the shit we used to do. But it did bring... Because it's like... It's not uh because we weren't jackasses like we weren't actually as we it definitely was nowhere near jackass level like something that me and my best friend did was there was like we would like hump cars in the, like in high school in the in the senior parking lot or those yeah pretty much the parking lot where students parked we would like hump Hump first it started off with us like humping our cars at first. It was like giving people a show. Then people trying to leave the parking lot, we would uh hump theirs. Or sometimes we would people trying to leave the parking lot, we would run in the middle of that road like and like it was fucking dumb, but cuz it was like they had to brake so fucking hard and they'd be so mad. But, and it was a real test because they could have just not, <laughs> they really could have just not, and it would have been fucked up, but we would just like run through the middle of the road. It was on some crazy shit though. I mean, it wasn't really that, like, like when you watch Jackass and then I'm telling you this story, it's definitely not the same and it's definitely not as good or as cool. Like we would, we had a deal one day that every time we saw each other in class, we would hold hands, not in class, but like in the school, we would hold hands to the other person's next destination and we took turns. And I never saw him in class that, I mean, I never saw him in school all the time, only in like the beginning of the day, the end of the day, because we, we only had like one class together, our whole high school thing. So, or actually two, like gym and then like a, a history type class. I forgot. Oh, fuck. No, um, I remember the class. I remember Mr. Skeen was his name, the, the teacher, but I forgot the, the name of the class. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Um, it was like global events, some shit. Who gives a fuck? Listen. Um, that was good, too. We got kicked out of class before just fucking acting like we were Al Gore because it was like some, they were watching the Al Gore movie. We got kicked out of class for acting like we were Al Gore. It was... Uh, fuck it was so man <laughs> but yeah we anytime we saw each other we would walk each other to the next destination like oh you got to go to your locker okay let's go and we would walk each other to the next destination that's like i know that's like nothing now but when you're a high schooler and in 2012 slash 13 like nobody like be real motherfuckers this is me being real y'all made fun of gay people a lot i i 
I made gay jokes in jest. I had gay friends, and I know that's very colonizer to say. I'm not racist. I like I know black people, but I actually treated people with respect. I had a uh, I had gay friends in high school, and I guess we'd probably be friends now. I mean, I know gay people. <laughs> How bad does this sound? I don't know. I mean, there's listen. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Motherfucker. I'm I'm a better person than you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fucking better person than you, you motherfucker. Uh I didn't I didn't judge gay people like that. Uh when back in those days when everybody fucking else was like, "Ew, nigga, you gay." Or, I didn't do that shit. I wasn't I, I never was like that. Because it's, I mean, fundamentally, it feels bad to treat someone like shit, no matter what. Like, seriously, when you when somebody's not harming someone and they're just different, it's kind of fucked up to treat people bad. And, and I was, uh, and growing up, I was pretty different when it came to things. And younger, um, I would say about like ninth or eighth, ninth, and tenth grade, it was a little harder adjusting because i was i was um when you're different it's harder because everybody was on some bullshit and you're on your own thing and so people try to fuck with you for that and so and i didn't take that shit you never take it you're supposed to fucking say fuck you motherfucker i used to wear hawaiian shirts and um short shorts and well not short shorts but just shorts and then the uh the long socks the uh what what are they called i guess tube socks i did that a lot and people tried to say you're just like grandpa and i would just be like i mean thanks man i bet your grandpa's a good guy huh like what do you want me to say or like one time a nigga was like the way you're dressed pisses me off and i i was just like <laughs> i would just laugh at people like <laughs> Like, I never felt bad for the way people tried to be. Because I know people were just trying to be assholes or make you like, why the fuck aren't you in line? Like, why don't you step in line? Why don't you buy fucking Vans? Okay, not, not even. Vans itself was a thing, too. Any skate shoe that wasn't a van was like a thing. Or the SBs or people were so like, get in line, motherfucker. What's wrong with you? Uh, get a Jordan. Get a this. Uh, do this. And I was just more of a. Let me fucking do my own thing, because first of all, my parents aren't going to buy me fucking Jordans, and I don't have a job. Uh, this was the ninth and 10th grade. I couldn't get a job, and my parents aren't going to get me shit. I'm going to have to wear this polo assassin if I wear polos, so I'm not going to wear fucking polos. I don't want fucking... I don't wear Averex, because <laughs> I'm not going to wear a fucking uh, big-ass... Uh, big ass shirts anymore because that, that, that time is done and i'm not gonna fucking wear pink pants because i don't jerk and i'm not a fucking idiot so shout out to everybody who went full on in the jerk scene you looked like a fucking asshole shout out to everybody who went all in in the twilight scene you looked like a fucking asshole shout out to everybody <laughs> Shout out to everybody who still only goes with the trends. You look like fucking assholes. How many fucking robots do we need, yo? How many? How many? How long are you gonna live your life living everybody else's life, you motherfuckers? Just be yourselves. That's all I want to say.
But yeah, and that's where it goes into like that's why I, I I've never. It's fundamentally like you can't just treat people like shit because they're not like you. That's like that's so fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So and that and that's how I'll preface the, what me and my friend did. I, I'm not saying his name just because you know. I, what if he doesn't want me to say his name? But he's been uh, to to give a hint. He's been on the podcast. So and I've only had one guest. So anyway, yeah. So I had never seen him so much during the day. And honestly, he was a, he was more jackass than me. And I mean jackass in a good way, like a little more hardcore. So he he would try to do like a kiss at the end, and I would break character or like. It would be like I, I've I feel like I've I've smacked asses before and it and it would and and he broke character but it it was like uh good time fucking good times pissing in trash cans and shit fucking I took fucking took a shit in a trash can like shit that was just not cool to do and then we did a skit before that's on YouTube the greatest pianist I'll put a link on YouTube on uh Instagram. No, no, fuck you. Yeah, I, I'll post it. Oh, I guess the greatest pianist. He played the piano with his cock. We did like we were doing things, and it's nothing like jackass. But it's like it, it, it really watching something like that brings you back to the times where you were younger, I guess, and doing bullshit. And I really hope the youth nowadays is still doing bullshit, like. Not just fucking drugs, man. Like, actual bullshit. Like, real bullshit. Like, actually fucking get on a trampoline. I remember I got... I, I was a lot... I was probably middle school. I did a backflip on a trampoline and, like, burned my head. Like, because I rubbed against the whole trampoline because I did the backflip so low. So my forehead rubbed against the trampoline and left the burn mark. And again, not jackass. Not really. Um... Jumping off of somebody's porch onto a trampoline, fucking like, and then bouncing too high and falling out of the trampoline. Just bullshit. Like, good time. It, it just makes you think of all the childhood injuries you had. And you're like, yeah. That, that was not the jackass guitar. I tried to do it, but that didn't work. But listen. Shout out to that movie. I give it a 10 out of 10. That was like one of the best movies this year. And like, what a great thing. Like, man, what a fucking good time to watch. Like, in in a time where shit is bullshit, it's so good to watch that. And fuck. Listen though. Um let's end this episode by talking about the last thing cuz cuz this has been like a saga about the Tupac saga. So there's one more. All Eyes on Me is the last one. I'm listening to the album now and next week's episode I'll talk about it. And that'll be the last one because the retrospect is tr- the retrospective is where we'll talk about the Dark Illuminati. And I'll never talk about the posthumous albums. They are not to be talked about in my house. <laughs> Unless it is in jest or in, like, sadness. 
Like, we will not talk about posthumous releases of Tupac unless we're talking about changes like his uh his greatest hits album basically. Anything from then is okay. But none of his posthumous releases will be talked about even until the end of time, even Hellraiser, even any of them that were good. We will not talk about them here. We're we end it on Columinati and the Seven Day Theory and this podcast will be the last, like, next week is the last time I'll talk about his albums because the retrospective will on YouTube will be the first and last time I'll talk about D- the Don Caluminati and the Seven Day Theory by Machiavelli. So All Eyes on Me next week is the last time we'll talk about it. It's been a saga, and I really want to talk about Me Against the World because this was it. This was Tupac at a time probably at his, sadly, it was his second most chaotic time. This is building up to the most chaotic time was him going to jail, getting bailed out by Suge Knight, then being signed to Death Row Records, which was probably, which was like last transaction of a music industry transaction situation. I don't know that we can say probably his biggest thing he did was get signed by death row and uh released all eyes on me but this was tupac at a time where post he got shot in 94 right he got shot and this was the thug life era where he's still talking about the streets like we got to change the streets. We got to do something. We got to help each other. We got to change. Which I feel like changes comes from that era. I need to look up when changes were recorded. Start to see changes. Is life worth living? Should I rap myself? I'm tired of being poor, even worse. I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. I don't think that was in All Eyes on Me. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that was the '96 Tupac era. I feel like that was a little younger Tupac, because after he got shot, things kind of changed and things just went bad. He had the sexual assault case. He went to jail after this album was released. There was really no music videos of him in the music video because he was in jail at the time. He was fully in jail at the release of this album and throughout its like run, it went platinum. It it, it did really well, but he didn't he really didn't have any like a good memory, I'd say of this because he was in jail the whole time. And certainly through a tumultuous event uh or t- uh, tumultuous times, tumultuous. Tumult- I won't even say words that I can't say as well as I should. Tumultuous, I'm sure is it, but certainly through stressful times, he he put out an album that kind of illustrated what he was going through. Okay. He It kind of illustrated what he was going through because... Heavy depression, lyrics, like probably, this is it. Like, this is it. When we talk about Tupac becoming a mental health rapper, this is it. Heavy depression lyrics. It's just me against the world. No one listens to the youth. 
uh, if I die tonight, through sick and psychotic society, somebody save me. Addicted to drama, so even mama couldn't raise me. Uh, he's just saying like, and, and still he's storytelling. He's still storytelling through these things, but he's he's still giving his his real feeling on things. What if I die tonight? He uh, life is a young nigga like. Uh, like seeing things in the street, seeing his friends go, things like that. Let me see. Let me look at the uh, the track list real quick, cause this will help. Um, let me see here. Me against the world. It's just me against the world, baby. I mean, and the thing is, he starts off like this is him. At, he's a West Coast guy here. This is him as a West Coast rapper. He's officially like pretty, pretty much a West Coast rapper now, and you could hear it. His old albums—they no longer have that East Coast flair, hip hop style. This is a West Coast album. He's from the West now. Uh, it starts off the the um, the album starts off with an intro that was like a minute 40 long, talking about all the things that he was going through. He got shot, checked himself out after 24 hours, got surgery, this and that, and went to jail shooting a cop, got off of uh, got off of that charge because I guess he, was, he wasn't guilty kind of thing. It was self-defense. He, um, so many tears. I shed so many. I suffered through the years and shed, shed so many tears. Now that I'm lost and I'm weary, so many tears. I'm suicidal, so don't stand in me. My every move is a calculated step to get me closer to embrace an early breath. Man, it's nothing left. Um, there was no mercy on the streets. I couldn't rest. I'm, I'm barely breathing. Gotta get my peace and hunger. Yeah. And though my soul was deleted, I couldn't see it. I had a mind full of demons trying to break free. They planted seeds in my hatch. Dirty game. Uh, he's in a match. Such a dirty game. Uh, picture, uh, uh, painting the picture of my enemies killing me in my sleep. Will I survive to the moon and to see the sun? Please, Lord, forgive me for my sins, because here I come. I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. Lord knows I cry, been a victim of homicide. Drive-bys, wait, drive-bys going around, little kids dying. Mm-mm. Okay, anyway, yeah, but so many tears, probably his most, like, his, uh, that's him, that's that's some dark shit, man. That's going into, like, man. He goes into the temptations, tell me, baby, oh, you're lonely. Don't want to stress you, I can help you if you're only. Let me trust you if I'm lonely, tell me, because I get caught up in the life I live as hell, see. I never thought I'd see the day when I would calm down. You ain't heard I've been on the clown to get around. That's my word, and you're talking and you're looking good. Yes, indeed, you got the body of a sex fiend. It's killing me, but your attitude to match, like. You don't know me and the struggling to act, like. You don't phony, but I'm stressing in the spotlight. I want the fame, but the industry's a lot like. A crack game, ain't no time for commitment. I gotta go, can't be with you every minute. It's another show, and even though I'm known for my one-night stand, okay, I want to be a better man. Temptation goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went from, he went from, yeah, he truly went from this 
thug personality kind of thing revolutionary to philosopher in this album it was revolutionary to philosopher and when we go into uh lord knows i smoke a blunt to take the pain out and if i wasn't high i'd probably try to blow my brains out i'm hopeless they should have killed me as a baby now they got me trapped in a storm i'm going crazy forgive me they're trying to see me in my casket and if i don't blast i'll be a victim of them bastards I'm losing hope. They got me stressing. Can the Lord forgive me? Got the spirit of a thug in me. Like, he still has that venom in him from Strictly For My Niggas and Thug Life. But you can kind of see that the times he was going through that you knew was like things were ramping up in Strictly For My Niggas. And you heard about it. And even in Thug Life, surrounding the album, you don't hear too much in the album, but surrounding the album, he's going through shit still. But you can tell that he hasn't been having a good time with this run he had. Like, being famous, him in the the industry, you can tell that there's a problem. Like, fuck the 5-0 because they out for me, kill me if they could. I never let them capture me, lost too many... Lost too many other brothers gang banging. Homie shot in his head with his hang, his brains hanging. Fucked up, man. And I had to tell him he was all right. And that's a lie, and he knew it when he shook and died. My God, even though I know I'm wrong, man. Hennessy make a nigga feel he's strong, man. Like, he he go, he, he has a, and this is a beautiful album, but one of the darkest. Dear Mama, it's almost like reconciliation, you know. Uh, I, like a, almost like I judged you in the past for this. This was painful to make, kind of thing. Like, even even though this happened, you are appreciated. Even though all of this happened, and I feel like you think that we're estranged, you are appreciated, kind of thing. Like things happened that made us estranged. You are appreciated. That was a and that was a beautiful song. And then it goes straight into it ain't easy being me. Will I see the penitentiary or will I stay free? It ain't easy being me. Will I stay the penitentiary or will I stay free? Man, it goes back to darkness immediately. When there's light, it just goes back into darkness. Very dark album. It was. It was a. It was a. It gets. It becomes a rough listen after a while when it goes into some of these songs because you're like, man, dude, this is heavy shit. And can you get away? So much pressure in the air. And I can't get away. I'm not a happy here. Another kind of love song. Temptations was a love song kind of thing. Both of these songs with a darker tune to it, though. You know, like Temptations was like, I want to be a good man, but I don't know if I can. I be going through shit. Uh, this Can You Get Away is about this man's treating you like shit. Come with me kind of thing. A little bit of a Dirty Mac situation. And then we go on to Old School. This is probably one of the more positive songs on the album talking about how the old school raised them talking about queen la uh latifah of course run dmc all of them ll cool j de la so all of them ice cube all of them just giving love to the old school kind of thing and then you get into that's it like the the next three songs are get dark fuck the world is next after old school 
Who you calling rapist? Ain't that a bitch? You devils are so two faced. Want to see me locked in chains, getting shot, ain't getting shot by the crooked cops again? Fucking with a young black male, trying to stack bail and get away from the packed jail. Told the judge I'm in danger, and that's why they got the faux fly planted in the chamber. Fuck the world, like they uh, such a thing, man. Uh, and that's him. He's like, you know, fuck all you people. I'm I'm tired of this shit. Fuck this, like you know. Then you see death around the corner. That's the next one. I see death around the corner trying to stay high while I survive in a city where the skinny niggas die. If they burn me, burn me as a G, nigga. No need to worry. I, res- I expect retaliation in a hurry. I see death around the corner anyway, trying to keep it together. No one listens about it anyway. Struggling, striving. My destiny needs to die to keep my finger on the trigger. No mercy in my eyes and I'm balling confused, man. I'm thinking about my daddy mad than the motherfucker. They never should have had me. I, I seen so many murder. I should have I brought up the lyrics just to wrap it perfectly. Uh, am I paranoid? Tell you the truth. I'm in a window with the AK threatening to shoot. I ran out of endo and my mind can't take the stress. I'm out of breath. Made me want to kill my damn self. But I see death around the corner. Like, and then at the end, it's this dramacidal. Dramacidal is what became the Outlaws. That's the group. They're featured there. The last song, Outlaw. Shorty wanna be an outlaw. 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 Here in the city. Outlaw. 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 Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? And he's talking about how young niggas wanna be outlaws, pretty much. And it's just like, man. This was probably his, I think this is his, his second best album. To me, obviously, Kaluminati is his best album. It's his most venomous. It's his most truthful, sobering, honest album out of all his albums. But this is second to it. And, like, the Don Caluminati and the Seven Day Theory is like me against the world part two, to be honest. So, next week we'll talk more about it. And I'll leave you guys on that note. But everybody should listen to this album. I've been recommending every album every week after I put it on. And I think that you guys should try it and try my method right now of only listening to one uh, piece of work at a time. Only having one song on your playlist while you have a playlist situation. Or not song, but album in your rotation. Only listen to one song on your or one album in your rotation for give it like a week or two then move on to one more only digest one piece of music for uh you you name the time but only have one and and live with it and and it feels good to have that there's so much music and it's distracting and i think that doing these types of things you'll really appreciate certain things so it doesn't always have to be classic albums it could just be the new album that you want to hear just listen to that one and because so many artists that you might like release something at the same time, listen to one for two weeks, then listen to the next one for two weeks. Like live with them. See if you really like them. And you'll see. You'll appreciate things a little more that way. So just a thought. Everybody, we're all jackasses in summary. We've all been jackasses. I mean... You know the bullshit you did. Don't even try to say you weren't a jackass, too. You did some bullshit. Some of us were shitting in in garbage cans. Some of us were, um, like, I don't know, dumber things, like simping type shit. But I'm out, y'all. Peace. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm not. I don't know. Okay, I can't leave y'all with that. Listen, y'all, it's a lot of love going on. The V Forever on YouTube is coming soon. That Illuminati retrospective is coming soon. We we're trying to go to the moon, of course. We always talk about that. Listen, show love. Show love not just to me, but show love to everybody you know. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who shows love, just show love. Everybody just love everybody. You know what I'm saying? World peace. And, yes, follow me on V Forever Network on Instagram, Young V Forever on Twitter. Everybody show love. Peace. Forever.